Welcome to the Victory of the Lamb podcast. We are a simple, straightforward Bible teaching church in Katy, Texas. If you are in the area, we'd love for you to stop by anytime. Otherwise, we hope you use this podcast to grow in your faith and be confident in sharing it with many. You can find us online at VOTL.org. We hope you enjoy this message, and God bless your week. Mercy and peace be yours in abundance today as you go back to the basics in what God says about Christian marriage and family. One part of my life that I didn't necessarily expect would be the case, but has certainly turned out to be the case, is that for many years now, I've served as a little league baseball coach. My older son, Ethan, is a freshman in college, and ever since he was seven years old, at least one of the seasons between spring and fall, I've been out there in the baseball field with the boys, teaching them the basics about baseball. And if there's one thing that you learn, it certainly would be this. You can't just do it any old way you want. When it comes to hitting a baseball, you can't just approach however you want and swing like a wild man. You need to have good form and strong confidence and hit the ball with the basics in mind. Same with throwing. You can't just throw the ball like a wild man wherever and, and not caring where it goes. You've got to stay balanced Make a good throw to your teammate right between their nose and their chest, an easy one for the teammate to catch. And you certainly can't make up whatever rules you want. You can't show up at the game and say, okay, when I'm up to bat, it's going to be five strikes and I'm out. But when you're up to bat, it's only two strikes and you're out. You can't make up your own rules. And so if a little league team is struggling, the best medicine is to go back to the basics about hitting, throwing, catching, baseball rules, be a good teammate, and that's your best shot at improving. Certainly going back to the basics is not just good advice in the category of Little League, but in lots of areas of life, especially perhaps the topic and category of marriage. And so today, God will help us go back to the basics of Christian marriage. The sermon verses for today have us go all the way back to the sixth day of human history. That is when God created this special, precious gift called marriage for human beings to enjoy. Let's get started and see what God had in mind on the sixth day of human history when Adam was there, but no one else yet. Verse 18. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, 
and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. The words strike our ears as weird. The Lord God said, it is not good. Because on the sixth day of human history, everything was still perfect. There was no sin. There was no shame. Nothing was wrecked or ruined or turned upside down. And yet God says, it is not good. What was not good? Not that anything was wrecked or ruined at this point, but that it wasn't finished yet. He said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I'm not finished yet with my creation work. And so, in order to finish, he first taught Adam something about why it wasn't finished yet. He had Adam name all of the creatures, and Adam certainly could not help but notice. There's Mr. Tiger and Mrs. Tiger. There's Mr. Robin and Mrs. Robin. There's two squirrels. There's two dragonflies. There's two cats and dogs. Hmm. I am all alone. There aren't two of me. There aren't two human beings. The Lord did this to help Adam appreciate the tremendous gift he was about to give. Verse 21. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. It's fun, I think, to think about what did that look like when Adam was checking out Eve for the first time and sizing her up. And Eve was checking out Adam for the first time and sizing him up. Just think about the look on each of their faces. Wow. The wow factor certainly was at an all-time high. I'm sure the look on their face was not communicating, oh great, now there's the old ball and chain I'm stuck with right there. And I'm also sure the look on their face was not, God, um, do you think maybe we should get a prenuptial agreement here in case this doesn't go very well? And I'm sure the look on their face was not, meh, it's okay, I guess, half-hearted in commitment. No, the wow factor was at an all-time high. Wow, thankfulness to God for this gift. Wow, thankfulness for this new best friend that they had a whole world, literally, to now begin exploring. God gave the basics 
for marriage. When he created Adam and Eve on this wonderful day, the sixth day of human history. One man and one woman. That's a basic ingredient. Not one man and a lot of women. Not one woman and a lot of men. Not one man and one man. Not one woman and one woman. But one man and one woman. That's God's basic ingredient for marriage. The two are united together. And in the original language, that word united can also be translated and mean welded. This bond is strong. This bond holds fast under pressure. When pressure comes, the bond stays and something else breaks apart. But not that bond. And then the third ingredient, in addition to one man and one woman and welded, united together, is the two will become one flesh. And there you have the detail regarding sexual happiness. Only after one man and one woman have been bonded together in marriage does God say, I want you to enjoy this gift of sexual happiness within this boundary. Enjoy it! But only there. I think it is safe to say that the basics of marriage provide amazing happiness, wonderful blessings. And we'll explore that more together as we keep going during this message. I think it's also safe to say, though, that there might not be one single gift of God that is more trampled and ruined and thrown into the gutter than the gift of marriage. Satan gets a lot of joy when people say about this gift of marriage from God to human beings. I can do it any way I want. It's mine to decide. And just like the little leaguer trying to swing a bat while running at full speed, or throwing a ball while way out of balance, making up whatever rules they feel like, so also when people do whatever they want in marriage as though it's their creation to change and twist and even trample if they feel like it. Sin abounds. Too many times people approach marriage and the I, I, the letter, is so strong within each spouse the we never has a chance to develop. Sinful human beings that start marriage by saying, what can you do for me? As though it's their choice to decide what the other person's going to do. It's not going to go well at all. Marital lies that flourish sadly and that people believe are things like, if my marriage is ever going to get better, he needs to change or she needs to change. It doesn't even cross the mind. If my marriage is going to get better, what can I do to change to help with this gift that God has given not just me, but 
us. Satan gets a lot done. We don't need to go through all the possibilities. You can probably bring up a few in your mind very quickly and easily. So, what do you do? What comes next? Back to the basics. And not just the basics of marriage, but maybe even a basic further inward to the core of your soul, the basics of your relationship with God. Because we bring nothing but sin to the table. Jesus brings nothing but holiness. We have a mountain of sin that has piled up over the years. Jesus has no sin at all, even though he's been around forever. Here's the basics of our relationship with God. When Jesus came from heaven to earth, he could have come to condemn, but instead he came to make himself small and serve. When Jesus came from heaven to earth, knowing what we owed him because of our sinfulness, he could have come to collect, but instead he came to pay for it in full? Are you kidding me? That's what he did. He came so that we, though poor, for his sake, could become rich one day by his finished work, his life, his death, his resurrection, so that we could rise and live forever with him in heaven. When Jesus came from heaven to earth, he loved us not just for a little while, not just when it was convenient, but for the long haul into eternity. He can't turn his selfless love off. That brings the wow factor back. Wow. God, why do you love me so much? How could you love me so much? Wow. Thank you, first of all, for loving me as much as you have that I'm confident I have eternal life in heaven. And second of all, that you love me enough to give us this gift of marriage. Help me, Lord, to not just do it any old way I want, but to follow your basics and your plan. Because then I'm the happiest. So as we go forward with our marriages, some of you are married, many of you are married. Just as Jesus came from heaven to earth, I mean, that's a pretty big sacrifice. That's a pretty big step down to serve. You also in your marriage can make yourself smaller, lower your pride, and serve. If that means you need to own some sin, say, I'm sorry. If that means you need to forgive Sin of your spouse, forgive them. Because just as Jesus came from heaven to earth not to collect the mountain of sin that we owed, but instead to pay for it in full, just as he came to show us mercy, you too show your spouse mercy. And in such a perspective that 
when you show your spouse mercy, not with a heart that says, yeah, well, the next time though it might be different, but instead mercy upon mercy upon mercy. Because just as Jesus has loved you for the long haul, you can love your spouse for the long haul. And when a husband is connected to God in Christ, and when a wife is connected to God in Christ, and when the two of them are also one man and one woman welded together and enjoying that gift of sex only within that boundary, what a gift for them to enjoy and to be a tremendous blessing to so many others. So like I said, many of you are married, but not all of you. Some of you are single or divorced. A word for you also. Follow God's basics for marriage. You too can treasure this precious gift while single, one man and one woman, welded in marriage. There you open the gift of sex. You can treasure that now. And thank God for it now. And if in the future a spouse will come your way by God's grace, your future marriage will be more blessed from the start if you're following God's basic plan for marriage starting today. As we think about our sin against God's basics and times when we thought it was better to do it our own way, whatever we felt like at the time, following the world's priority. If it feels good, do it. We've blown it there. Jesus washes our sin away forever, picks us up and says, I want you to get back to the basics, to honor me and the people around you. You know, not to the degree that I just preached and and not because they care about these verses that we're going through today from Genesis 2 in particular, but the secular world around us has some of this figured out. Don't you think most people would say, whether they are Christian or not, whether they even care about God or not, they would say, in a marriage, it is better to show mercy than to fight all the time. And in a marriage, it is better to be, how can I serve you rather than greedy in me first? This last summer, when I was on vacation with my family, we developed a slow leak in one of our tires. And so I went to the tire shop to get it repaired. And there, as I was about to pay for the, the fix of the flat, on the wall, right next to where I was paying, was this big, huge sign that said, wise words to live by. And there's probably 15 or 20 things. It was a really big sign. Number one on the list caught my eye and I thought, wow, number one was pay careful attention to whom you marry. 90, as in nine zero percent of your joy or misery will result from this one decision. And God agrees, which is why he gives us his basics. Marriage is not something you put up with. It is God's gift for you to enjoy along the lines of his basics. And when two individuals 
are holding fast to Christ as well as to each other, wanting to grow closer to Christ and to each other as the years go by, as long as God gives them life. Joy increases. The perspective is satisfied. Blessings abound in many, many, many directions, too many to count. And the joy-filled life that is satisfied of earth only leads to the far more joy-filled satisfaction of eternal glory. So God bless you today as you take a slow walk with him and get back to the basics of marriage. Amen. Time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. Could I ask you for one more favor? If you're enjoying this podcast, please don't forget to click subscribe and give us a rating. Just a few seconds of your time will help other people hear the simple, straightforward Bible message we offer. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.